You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. From across the stars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and the Ragtag Crew are here to bring you stories of adventure and excitement from a galaxy far, far away. Get ready for tales of merciless bounty hunters, courageous heroes, and sinister villains from the core worlds to the outer rim and beyond. Hello there and welcome back to Faster, More Intense, the Star Wars podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and uh, we're back again uh, two weeks in a row. This is like a trend setting up. I, I it, was a, it was a bit of a long break, but, uh, but now we're going to be putting out some consistent content. I've got some awesome guests lined up for the next few weeks. Um, and, uh, uh, this episode is no exception, uh, and I, will just, without further ado, bring, bring in my guest, uh, Celine Jade of the star piece podcast. Uh, thanks for Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, we're still, we're still feeling out this new format. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a little bit of a work in progress. I, for anybody who's just tuning into this, maybe this is your first episode. Um, our first nine episodes were, um, were Mandalorian reviews or, uh, commentaries or not watch alongs, but, but, uh, but recaps, um, and, uh, and a, and a review of rise of Skywalker. Uh, so being that there's no actual like star Wars content coming out at the moment, um, we're doing this, this different format, which is a little bit more, more news and discussion based, um, which sounds great. It sounds like an awesome format until you sit down to put together a recap and you realize that there's been no star Wars news for a solid seven days. Um, so, but that's what we're going to talk about. That's the news. <laughs> the The news is that there is no news. Um, obviously a lot of this has to do with the fact that star Wars celebration was canceled. Um, I think that they, that and, and the high Republic getting pushed to January means that a lot of the stuff that they would have been talking about right now, they're just, they're just not talking about. Um, cause I think a lot of this month would have been definitely talking about guest panels and, and high Republic content. Um, that said, I uh, it's all it's all a little bit it's all a little bit radio silent coming out of Disney and Lucasfilm, which is uh, uh, it's reminding me of of that period uh, after uh, Revenge of the Sith <laughs> before we got any Clone Wars uh, announcements, where it was like, what's going on? Other than other than a couple of books coming out, um, there wasn't really a lot to talk about in the star Wars fandom. So, uh, last week we talked about the fact that people are just making up headlines talking about the, uh, the sequel trilogy getting rebooted. And this week it's morphed into, um, uh, that all of star Wars is going to get rebooted. I saw like two articles where people were like, Oh, they're just going to reboot the whole thing. Um, which I think we, we know is just 
nonsense, right? Um, do you have any thoughts on any of that stuff? I mean, I think some of it definitely has to do with the virus pushing everything back. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some of it is just because they're in this transition period from the sequel trilogy um, and then whatever they're going to do next. Um, and they're definitely looking at what everyone's saying about the sequel trilogy, getting feedback. And I know that they're going to take some of that into account because they definitely did that during the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Rise definitely feels a little bit like a crowdsourced, uh, script rather than an actual story sometimes. But, uh, uh, yeah, it, it's it, to me the the weird thing. Um, and I keep coming back to this uh, on the show on on the my various shows uh, is is that uh, we know that Lucasfilm Animation is working on something, um, but 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 we have no idea what and and it just seems to me like like since animation is one of the few things uh, that that doesn't have to stop production at the moment, that that would be a really great thing to start teasing and, uh, and, and getting into now, not knowing what that project is specifically, maybe there are reasons why they don't want to talk about it yet might have to do with, uh, with the Mandalorian season two. Um, if, if some of the rumors are to be believed, then, uh, characters that might be showing up in the Mandalorian season two might also have something to do with this next Lucasfilm animation project. So, uh, maybe they just want to kind of leave that um, open un- until until they're ready to talk about it. But uh, I don't know. I feel like you could at least uh, give us a logo or something, anything, <laughs> to just kind of kind of wet our appetites and give us something to talk about in the fandom. But the other part of that is is just kind of being okay with there not being any news. Um, it well, would be I just easy- decided to make my own headline yeah. this week. Yeah, I said that uh, Ryan Johnson's wife's yoga instructor told me that Mark Hamill is going to be reprising his role as Dabu Skay in the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. Well, hey, that's I, I back when back when the Force Awakens was in production. Um, I remember when because they were a little bit radio silent at that point, other than Rebels. Um, and I remember tweeting of like like. I really wish that Lucasfilm would just announce something like that. They would just give us like a set photo or I, I like a, a, a behind the scenes shot or just like a, Hey, X wings are going to be in the movie or something like that, because I'm really sick and tired of hearing what Oscar Isaac had for lunch and how that might affect the plot of the, of episode seven when, when we didn't even know the title. Um, Cause it was, it seemed like every time they did anything any of the actors did anything people were like oh my god this could have serious ramifications for star wars and it's it's just when there's not news the people just gotta people just gotta gotta generate it on their own so that kind of that reminds me of that of that yeah, well you know it's it's different when you have something to look forward to yeah and then you can anticipate and you can speculate but we don't really have that right now. We are just kind of in, we don't know what's happening next. Yeah. Yeah. Other than, other than the Mandalorian season two, um, everything yeah. else. Yeah. Uh, seems like a really big question mark. Right. Um, I, I know like the, although we've got Kenobi and, 
uh, and the Cassian Andor series in the future on the horizon, um, they haven't gone into production yet. Uh, they keep getting pushed back. Yeah, and 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 I mean, Kenobi was having issues even before COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I suppose that they're probably still on track because that had gotten pushed until I think early 2021 was when it was supposed to, to go into production. Um, well, they were going to do a rewrite, which that they, wouldn't have taken as long as this hiatus is taking. So I have a feeling we'll have another pushback. Yeah. But I think that they finished all the filming for The Mandalorian Season 2. So that should still be on schedule. Yeah, I think that the last time that that John Favreau talked about it, he said like it's 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 on schedule. It's still it's still uh, uh, targeted for this fall. Um, so so hopefully like that that all that all maintains. And again, like they they had finished uh, principal photography of that uh, uh, back in. I want to say they did it. They finished in early March, like like within a couple of weeks of everybody uh, starting with social distancing and everything. So, um, so we were lucky that that got uh, <laughs> that got in under the wire, and they just mm-hmm. need to work on on uh, post production VFX and stuff. Um, so that that is at least still there uh, to to look forward to. But um, they're they're being very coy about what they're telling us about it. Um, and I think I, I, part of me wants to think that they, part of the reason is, is because of the leaks that happened back in, what was that back in February, March, when we started getting all of the rumors about Ahsoka and Rex and Boba Fett. And, you know, uh, every, it seemed like every, every character that could be connected to, um, to the Mandalorian was rumored to show up in season two. Um, and I, I think like that made them a little bit, a little bit shy to share anything because, uh, unlike season one where, where the, I think a a lot of the surprises were really, uh, uh, saved for, for when the show premiered, um, it, it feels like maybe, maybe we're not going to be as surprised by season two as we were by season one, but, uh, you got, I hold out hope that, uh, that Dave and, and, and John have, have some, clever stuff up their sleeve that uh i mean it, this is one of the things it's this goes back to the the snoke stuff and uh, uh the the uh, your snoke theory sucks uh <laughs> hashtag it's like whatever the fans come up with is usually um uh, a lot worse than <laughs> than what the the actual stuff ends up being I don't know if Snoke is a good example for that anymore. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, somebody needs to to give one of those Snoke theory sucks T-shirts to to Chris Terrio, I think. Because uh, <laughs> man, what a like. My thing about about the Snoke thing is like it, the fact that he's a clone, whatever genetically engineered. It's like okay, that's that's something that we all speculated about. That's not really the problem. The problem is just explaining it away in one line of dialogue with a bunch of pre-made Snokes in a vat, and then just not addressing it for the rest of that movie. It's like okay, that's just we checked that box. Let's move on. But uh, I, yeah, I. That's that is probably the one place where some people probably had some better fan theories than uh, <laughs> than what we ended up getting. But I have I have too much to say about that, so I'm not going to say anything about it. <laughs> it would be a, that would be a whole episode all on its own. 
um yeah i yeah the the uh the I don't know. I yeah. We we don't need to get into Snoke and and all of the the silliness around <laughs> that, but because it's too difficult. We start talking about the rise of Kylo Ren comic book and them retconning everything, and um, for some reason he's a gardener in that, and it's just like I don't know. I don't know. It 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 really just feels like like other than other than the Mandalorian, there's not really anybody at the helm over there at Lucasfilm, but uh, and everybody's just kind of kind of trying to patch things together but uh i yeah um i guess i guess in the absence of news there there was some collecting stuff i guess there were there's there were some uh black series uh figures announced or something but i don't really collect anymore so i'm not i'm not super up on that if people are interested um i'm sure i'm sure that they already know more about it than i do um although i am eagerly anticipating uh zeb and uh and and i didn't i missed out on ezra and chopper from the rebels wave so when those come out in the fall i'm i'm looking forward to having all of those in my collection but yeah i'm just excited to get the uh the baby yoda eating the frog funko pop (laughs) oh yeah yeah all that stuff it it feels like that's starting to to hit shelves now um Mm -hmm. i say that because i've got i have like one of the little they did like these little three inch um, these like little animated baby Yoda. There's six of them in the series, um, just sort of in like iconic moments from the from the the show. And uh, I've got the uh, I've got the tea one where he's sipping his yes. tea. Um, and then I and then my daughter wanted the one where he's reaching the hand out. Um, she's not she hasn't seen the Mandalorian. She's she's almost four, so it's a little bit uh, not appropriate, let's say. Um, but uh, but it doesn't matter. She knows who Baby Yoda is, and mm-hmm. uh, and she's she's all about the Baby Yoda merch. So we got the uh, we got the plush, the the one with like the plastic head, and the and the plush body, and uh, they it, <laughs> that Baby Yoda now lives with all of the other dolls with with uh, Anna and Elsa and uh, and Supergirl and whatnot with all these dolls that are like in almost the same. Um, like the same size, the same scale, uh, and uh, and so Baby Yoda hangs out with them, and uh, which was not what I expected when when I bought it. I really just kind of bought it for myself, but uh, but I didn't. It 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 hung out in my office for about five minutes before Kara saw it, and she grabbed it and took it out to play with the rest of her dolls. So I guess it's not mine anymore. I just have my little my little figure and then my Black Series one, but. I have a whole box of Baby Yoda stuff coming. It should be here next week. I'm really excited. Nice. Um, yeah, it's so funny. I, I, in in the absence really of anything else, I for them to to market, it feels like Star Wars right now is just the Baby Yoda brand. I mean, people have been talking all day today about the about the cereal. Uh, that's coming out (laughs) and it's like they've it's just if there's a product they're slapping that kid's face on it and uh and and we're all buying it and so yeah i'll buy it that's what i was about to say it's uh (laughs) it it it's just the interesting piece of that to me is um we don't even have a a poe dameron figure from rise of skywalker uh, I don't know. Maybe there was a three and three quarter inch one, uh, it, like the crummy five point of articulation ones. 
but like there's no there's no black series poe there wasn't a poe in the uh in the galaxy of adventures uh, uh line that that they put out uh which it i don't know that we're getting another wave of that which is unfortunate because they're really nice figures um but like major characters from that movie that made a billion dollars don't have merchandise um and i really i really don't remember back in in december or january really seeing that much in the way of t-shirts in the way of of uh like uh, toys and uh, action figures and stuff like that like force friday triple force friday was really sad when it came to to the uh the actually it was just really sad all around because it was like here's a couple of mandalorian characters that you'll never see on the shelf um because the collectors snatched them all up immediately um and uh, uh and and then and then three characters from rise of skywalker um, well, you know, what I heard was that they were going to save a lot of the Rise of Skywalker merch for the second wave after the movie. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, we we usually get more merch on May the 4th. Yeah. Um, and there was just none. There's yeah. been nothing. It's very weird. Like, uh, a lot of the people online have been talking about how there's no redeemed Ben Solo merch. Yeah. Nothing. Even yeah. though it, it's, a, it's a big part of the movie. And, and I mean, if, if Lucasfilm is listening, which, which they are, they always are. I mean, like we know that, that, that several employees are, are engaged in the conversation and they know that there is a desire for that merchandise specifically. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, there's nothing, uh, but but this is you know when when the force awakens came out they put out that monopoly set that didn't even have ray as one of the one of the player tokens right well like, there was there was a big ray shortage um around the force awakens merchandise yeah. i remember that yeah so i, I don't but know i think they would have learned from that <laughs> yeah it's it's I think the the hardest part for me is is thinking back to the prequels and obviously um, as they went on like the Phantom Menace was insane right like it, it every store had wall to wall Phantom Menace merch and you know you went into oh god whenever I walk into a vintage store there's still a bunch yeah. of Phantom Menace merch everywhere yeah. Um, yeah it's like all those people who bought two of every figure because they were like well i'm gonna keep one on card because it's gonna be worth something someday it's like hey guess what there are lots of darth mauls on card (laughs) there are lots of them he's not worth anything um uh and then but even with attack of the clones and revenge of the sith uh there was still quite a bit of of merch and not just Mm -hmm. the action figures not just the toy part of it but like blankets and i and and like i uh you know like like uh, a just plate novelty and items and like really that. fun stuff yeah but but with um but with the sequels it's it's like it's it, even into the clone wars the clone wars had had several waves of action figures um but it really feels like once disney took over like rebels had like like one and a half waves of figures and they like a lot of characters never even got figures uh, in in that series, um, they're handling it like they handle the Marvel merchandising, which yeah. is very different than what Star Wars fans are used to. Yeah, yeah, because because we're uh, traditionally used to Hasbro putting out like 
there's a Darth Vader, <laughs> maybe an Anakin or an Obi-Wan in a wave, and then uh, and then six characters that you uh, blink and you miss them. Um, mm-hmm. And one that is definitely going to be a shelf warmer that's just going to... That's just that's probably still on a peg in a Toys R Us somewhere. Um, I, there there were a lot of those from the uh, from the Clone Wars era, yeah. not Clone Wars figures specifically, but like the the I think they were Saga at the time is what they called them. Uh, that just kind of sat around. I it it is it is a, a frustrating thing as a Star Wars fan where you want you want to be able to uh, uh, commemorate the things that you love about about the saga about about all of it um even even just like even with rise of skywalker something that i don't particularly enjoy the movie but there are definitely like how come there in what world is there not a a a role play raise lightsaber available now like we're six months after the movie and you can't you can't buy uh it it's it they they haven't said anything about there being like a, a replica one at toy at um at Galaxy's Edge like there's no toy ones there's it's just it's as if that moment doesn't even happen at the end of the movie right and that's um, that's one of the coolest sabers I think we've ever gotten honestly. it's definitely it's definitely one of the most unique and I think it's it, like a lot of things in Rise it's very polarizing I, I'm not a huge fan of the actual hilt itself um. I, but uh, but the fact that she has the yellow blade, I love. Um, and yeah, and, I, I love the that they chose that color, especially yeah. when you know from Clone Wars and Rebels the meaning of that and how it's kind of a new type of Jedi. It's um, that we haven't really seen since the prequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but but it's like nowhere to be seen. There's not even an action figure with it right like it's mm-hmm. it, like i said it's it's as nothing if from the last half of the film happen. honestly yeah yeah um yeah it's 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 so it's so confusing but it goes hand in hand with like the the way that they pushed the the art book way out um and and all of that mandalorian stuff i guess that that's kind of news that that mando uh, uh that wave of news just just hit like last week of like the art book it's stuff that we already knew was coming in some instances but then like the novel um the visual guide which i'm really excited for them to put out a visual guide for the mandalorian um so there's a, there's like a publishing push for the, for mando but it felt to me when they announced it almost like they went uh 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 what can we put out <laughs> and it was i don't even know if it was necessarily lucasfilm pushing that but more like dk publishing saying like hey <laughs> What, what what's going on guys <laughs> we really rely on star wars book sales uh for for a, a big chunk of our revenue can we put something out um and unfortunately pushing that and, i think i think that they're going to wait until d23 to announce everything that they were going to announce a celebration yeah which will be next year right like that's yep. that's almost a full calendar year away um from from celebration it's really i mean i i i guess it's kind of uh, silly to complain about about a lack of Star Wars news and, and Star Wars uh, releases in, in the midst of a global pandemic. But it is one of those things where I talked about this on the Thunderquack podcast this week um, 
that it's like Star Wars is one of those bright spots <laughs> in in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in a in a moment like this right now, it's like you kind of want to you, you, you want some good news to kind of perk you up and 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 give you a reason to to get out of bed in the morning and walk the five feet to to your home office to to work if you're fortunate enough to even be able to do that like it it's a uh, it, it, some of us are just stuck at home bored and we have nothing to do except for you know talk about yeah. star wars yeah so um i don't know it, it's it's uh, a it would just it would be nice it would be nice to get something to get something meaty to get something uh, significant, but uh, uh, I don't know. I, I guess that people who who engage in like the the uh, the fan fiction side of things, they've probably got lots of content to 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 dig into at the moment because I'm sure. Oh yeah, the Raylos are doing well. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I guess that that's a positive. Um, well, let's take a little break. Uh, for ads and then we'll come back and we're going to talk about uh, we're just going to kind of talk about the Mandalorian specifically um, uh, so yeah here, here's a couple of ads feel free to skip them that's what I always say to everybody is like just just <laughs> just just hit that skip button it doesn't really matter uh, and uh, and we'll talk to you guys on the other side of those ads okay uh, the Mandalorian it's been a it's been a while since season one wrapped up I, I and like I said uh, before, we've gotten a lot of rumors about season two, but I uh, I kind of wanted to talk about um, now that that we've got some time uh, removed from it. Uh, it's 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 like I said, it's been about I guess it's been about six months since it since it wrapped up. Um, everybody's kind of had time to to go back rewatch it if they wanted to, or really think about it, discuss it, um, and I. Uh, uh, and now we kind of we know what it is. <laughs> I remember going into the Mandalorian. I wasn't particularly excited um, because I was expecting like when they pitched it as like oh a lone gunslinger Mandalorian out there you know making his way in the the universe. I was like great Django Fett the series. Uh, what can you do with that? Like like how it's mm-hmm. not going to be interesting. It's just going to be action and everybody was like oh i want this to be like the game of thrones of star wars <laughs> which is the last thing that i wanted yeah personally i was like this doesn't look like it's geared towards me yeah. um it looks like it's for a very specific set of fans that i do not belong to mm-hmm. um, but definitely proved me wrong I yeah love it. yeah and that first episode as much as it did deliver on a lot of that stuff i think i mean uh the 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 sequence like the the big action sequence at the end of the mm-hmm. first episode when they're storming the the little settlement um and ig11 coming in and and us seeing an ig droid uh in all its glory um in live action i like like that definitely delivered all of the star wars action that i think everybody was hoping for um but but right from the outset with that first episode uh you could tell I would say from the moment that that he goes to uh, uh, the the like he goes back to the to the armor like to the enclave underground. Is that is that in the first episode? Maybe that's maybe that's later um, on in this. Well, when he goes in because he's looking for uh, the the bounty. Uh no, like when he when he goes in to to talk to the other Mandalorians to talk to the armorer for the first time. Oh, I think that's in the second. Yeah, uh, it's in the second or the third, I guess. Um, 
but like so when when he does see baby yoda for the first time it's like you can kind of tell that that the show had a lot more heart than um than i think originally anticipated and mm-hmm. it was one of those moments and this happens every once in a while where it was like i uh, uh, knowing who was involved with it, knowing that it was John Favreau and, and Dave Filoni, I should have expected more from it. Like I, I shouldn't have been duped into thinking that it was just going to be um, a, a, like a, a an action adventure series, just like a straight up action adventure series, and that it would actually have some some decent mythology and and uh, and and heart to it, like like a real uh, soul to the story. Like the Clone Wars, yeah, yeah. Um, and and it was like that by the time that that first episode wrapped up uh and 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 the the credits start rolling with all that incredible uh concept art i was like oh oh this might end up being one of my favorite star wars things mm-hmm. <laughs> like i was completely wrong oh yeah i was sold i mean even even during the action scenes yeah it was it was funny and i loved that like you have IG-11 just being like, okay, I'm going to self-destruct now. And he's like, do not self-destruct. It was like, it was all of the banter that we had from the original trilogy. It was a lot of the action that we had in the prequels. And then as soon as you see Baby Yoda, it's just, there's that cuteness factor and you just can't say no to that. (laughs) It was, it, it had that, that, um, sort of, it's, it's a very hard to quantify, very hard to measure, uh, element of Star Wars that I think comes through when something is on screen and you're so engrossed in it. And then after the fact, like when the dust kind of settles and you have a second to think about it, you go like, wait, how did they do that? (laughs) And baby Yoda is one of those characters Mm. where um, you see that character for the first time and you're just so blown away at the entire concept of it. I mean, like now, that as, as we talked about like the that that iconography is everywhere right that character is on every kind of merchandise imaginable um, well, he looks so real like the way that he moves yeah. and his facial expressions it makes you feel like he's like you know like your dog or your cat at home like it's like your pet yeah it, it has that it has that magical quality that uh that that element that i think brought the original Yoda to life in Empire uh, and Return of the Jedi that was like weirdly lacking in the Phantom Menace with that puppet that mm-hmm. that puppet felt like a puppet right like when you looked at it you went okay no, yep that's definitely a puppet like that's definitely and then the somebody's CGI hand was up like up. yeah and then um, it was too CGI yeah and and so it, it was this great moment of like after after watching it like going back and watching that last scene again and going like is that thing is that a practical effect is it mm. cg like like how are they doing that and not having an answer immediately um it was yeah it was the perfect mix yeah definitely yeah uh they just they just totally nailed it and then and then as the series goes on we get introduced to this other uh, the the whole cast of characters, uh, and and we, the thing I think that makes it such a great uh, addition to the Star Wars lore is that it's very familiar, like super familiar at times, almost like dizzyingly familiar, like going back to to Tatooine to Mos Eisley specifically, but 
Um, but everything is just a little bit different. It's just a little bit, it's a little bit new. It's a little bit fresh. Um, like, like, uh, uh Gina Carano's character is a, definitely a character that we've seen in star Wars before, whether it it's, you know, like, a uh, from the clone wars or, or from the EU or something like that, like definitely a very familiar type of character, but because it's Gina Carano, it's completely reimagined it's completely different and she brings a completely different element to um to a story uh uh, uh in the star wars uh, uh galaxy right mm-hmm. um and it was just all that simple those simple little twists of of these these different elements that that i think made made it work so well for me um, because it, it did exactly what I want Star Wars to do, which is I, I it's it, in a very similar fashion to going like for fast food, right? Like you, you go to a McDonald's in, in California, it tastes the same as going to a McDonald's in Washington state, right? Like, like they, like that's the point, right? Is that you can, you know, you're going and you can get what you want. Um, you're going to, you're going to get that, that very specific level of quality, um, and it definitely maintained that Star Wars consistency, which I should expect no less from Dave Filoni. But but then in the same way that uh, Rebels did, um, it it took a lot of the things that we knew and it sort of just 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 slightly flavored them differently, right? Like yeah. just kind of added this extra little bit of spice, like in Rebels, how um, as that series goes on you get more and more of this idea that like, well, the rebellion isn't formed yet. These guys are actually like terrorist cells from a different point of view, right? Like from the Imperial point of view and from the, the general citizens, like they don't support this. And then we find out that that was all, that was all building up to rogue one. Right. And, and, and playing into that story. Um, it, like in the same way with this, it's like so much of it is familiar, but then we go back to most Eisley and we go into the cantina and no one's it's dead there's like no music there's nobody in there and there's droids well, there's a droid behind the bar and we're like wait what's this what's going on right um so it just it it played with with those expectations um and 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 twisted that stuff to give you a sense of the galaxy and where things are at and gave us a very different perspective that i hope as the series goes on actually plays into the the sequel era a little bit more obviously like there's a there's a big time gap between the first season of mandalorian and then the force awakens there's a lot of story to fill in there but but uh but it well, is, i believe it is that cool we're gonna to get, get you know kind of the the real start of the new republic and how that all got set up mm-hmm. and um it seems like you know it still hasn't reached the outer rim yet but i have a feeling that in the second season, he's going to be exploring more of the galaxy and we're going to see more of how the new Republic is working now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I hadn't even, I hadn't even considered that aspect of it. Um, but if he is trying to, to sort of stay away from the, uh, the, the seedier places, he's going to have to move in towards core worlds and that's going to be a different, different sort of, uh, aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so that could be really cool. That that would actually be really, really neat to see this character that we spent so much time with in these sort of desolate backwater places as he was trying to hide out. 
uh, see him head into somewhere like uh, like like the Hosnian system or or mm-hmm. Coruscant or something like that. We could actually get to see Coruscant post Return of the Jedi. I, I feel like the Hosnian uh, system, especially Hosnian Prime, is basically the new Coruscant. Yeah. Yeah, so it would be similar. I doubt we'd actually see Coruscant, though. Yeah, it, it um, they, they talked a lot about that, about Coruscant in sort of the, the, the month or two after Rise of Skywalker came out and how it's like it was sort of it was sort of kept off the table because they they might want to use it for one of the stories. But now that now that the movies are done for now, uh, or at least the saga films are done, um, if it, it feels to me like we could actually like start to go back and explore that. I hope so. In that direction. Um, and maybe use some of the ideas that were in that that leaked uh, Trevorrow concept because we know like w- concepts never die at Star Wars at Lucasfilm right like eventually every piece of concept art comes back around and ends up in something um, and uh, and and Dave Filoni in particular is very very good at at pulling those those pieces of concept art in and and using them um, well, both in the, the Clone case. Wars and Rebels. Yeah, if that's the case, then I would love to see someone, anyone, pick up the story of basically, you know, Finn helping to kind of lead a stormtrooper uprising after the rise of Skywalker. Because you know that there's going to be these cells just like there were in the Mandalorian, and he could really do something there. Yeah, we actually, it's that's funny, we actually talked about that last week when we were talking Did about, you? about the sequel trilogy, and that's exactly what I said was... Um, I'm, I'm really, uh, like, like hungry for stories with those characters. Um, uh, specifically because Rise of Skywalker gave us no closure on any of them. Right. In fact, like not, uh, we're going to get into it, I guess. Uh, that's what's <laughs> happening right now. Uh, it, it, it regressed their storylines, right? Like, like. Finn, Poe, and Rey all went through arcs in The Last Jedi mm-hmm. um, that continued from their arcs in, in The Force Awakens and ended in very specific, interesting places. And then when we came back in Rise of Skywalker, it's like, well, Poe was impulsive and brash and not a very good leader. So, okay, well, what lesson did he learn at the end of The Last Jedi then? I'm very confused. I... Uh, Finn was still a little bit unsure of his place. He's a little bit more confident in Rise, but but he's still like he's still not being forthright and honest with his friends, which is a weird place to put that character who tends to say everything that he's Ray. thinking in the other two movies, but and then Ray goes back to hating Ben, which like at the end of the last Jedi I really felt like she she didn't hate Ben Solo. She or Kylo Ren specifically at that point, she didn't hate him. She pitied him. She was like, she was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Heartbroken. I, I said that on a, on Thunderquack last night. It's like, like that, her, her look towards him, I uh, right at the end of the movie as the, the ramp of the Falcon is closing. Isn't that's not anger. That's it's just like, she's just super disappointed uh, that he chose to take that path. And then we come back and she's just mad at everything um 
And she doesn't have any more confidence in herself when she just went through, you know, all that with Luke and her self-discovery. It was all really for nothing. Yeah. So, so for me, I want, I want stories with those three characters specifically, but even some of the, the ancillary characters. Um, I really want a a story where we find out that, that, uh, snap didn't die, (laughs) that somehow he survived crashing into that star destroyer. (laughs) Um, because that to me was one of those, like, I know that JJ was just going like, ha ha, it's going to be funny that I'm going to kill my best friend in star Wars. Right. But for those of us who, I, uh, I like, like really against my will fell in love with that character because of the Poe Dameron comics and then resistance reborn. Um, it's like, like in resistance reborn, he like, he, uh, I guess this is spoilers for that book. If people haven't read it, read it, but or no, I guess I think it happens at the end of the Poe Dameron comic. In any case, he, he gets married to a character that isn't in the movies. She was created for the for the comic. Um, and and like they're going to they're talking about their future and stuff. And then he's just sort of unceremoniously killed uh, in, in the same fashion that Biggs is killed in in uh, A New Hope. Right. But the thing is, is that like Biggs dies in A New Hope as a like as a motivation for Luke's story, right? Like that's the thing that switches him from like this is an adventure to oh oh my best friend just died. <laughs> like I got to get serious. Um whereas like the, I I Poe was well, Poe had already given up on that battle before Snap died and then and then he dies and it's like and then we get the moment and and Lando shows up to save the day. Um which to me is like the most it's uh, the biggest injustice to Poe's character is that is that he just gives up in the middle of a starfighter battle like like that <laughs> yes. character to me is like a like a fast and the furious character like there's a there's a line in in the fifth fast and the furious movie where the rock is like like whatever you do don't let them get into cars like if they get behind the wheel of a car they're unstoppable um, and I always feel like that's po- That's like a, a, a description for Poe Dameron. It's like he's a little bit, he, you know, he's he's a pretty good fighter uh, in all circumstances, as we've seen. But once he's behind the stick of a of of a of a starfighter, it's like you like there's no stopping him, right? Um, and then we see like he doesn't even do anything in that in that battle. He's, he 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 circles. He just kind of flies around. Yeah. Um, which is the best pilot in the galaxy who in the last two movies we saw him do amazing things that we never even saw Luke or I Anakin would have thought, I would have thought they would have shown us, you know, him doing something that yeah. was like, you know, some cool trick. Because I remember the first time you really see him fly in The Force Awakens is when he's flying over that battle. And, mm-hmm. you know, Finn looks up and he's like, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was and th- so cool that that remains my favorite moment in the Force Awakens, and probably my favorite moment in the entire sequel trilogy, is that 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 one shot, that oneer of of Poe just coming in and taking out like eleven ships and a bunch of stormtroopers mm-hmm. and all that sort of stuff, and 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 then yeah, Finn's woo at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, and and like none of that is carried through in rise of skywalker um and and i I said this a lot right after the movie came out um when he splits his leadership role with finn it's like i i see what they thought they were doing 
But like Finn had his own story to go to go on and Poe had his story and instead of instead of finishing Finn's story cuz they just leave all of the threads of that story dangling uh they they decide to just make Finn and Poe one character at the end. It was um, a cute moment um but they didn't do anything with it. Yeah. Like Finn I, he he leads the ground troops I guess but he doesn't really act as a general. Yeah. Yeah, he j- yeah, cuz he just kind of does everything by himself. He's not really calling He just any goes shots off. Or, yeah. Um I and any 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 tries to sacrifice himself again. <laughs> which, yeah, cuz he he didn't learn the lesson in the last Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, Shocker. I don't know. For for me the the thing that I want the most, I I even more than the 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 main trio though is I want a story with Connick's uh, Rose and Beaumont Kin, like I wanna, I wanna know what what they're up to immediately after Rise of Skywalker, because it felt to me like th- they were kind of like the other three, like they were they were kind of like the B team, um, which is tragic because Rose shouldn't have been sidelined in the way that she was, but 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 I think that like those three characters could be like a cool alternative um, trio, almost like a. Like uh, like Rogue Squadron was in in the EU after Return of the Jedi, right? Like how we kind of mm. went on adventures with them. I would I, I would love to see Beaumont. something like that. Sorry, I don't get I don't get Beaumont. I just don't get his character. He's like I guess he's like a historian. He it, just yeah. spits out random facts. Like <laughs> I guess it's okay, but that's yeah. kind of what we had C three PO for. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it, like so many things, The Rise of Skywalker does not do a good enough job of explaining that character. And I didn't particularly care when I saw the movie, but then I got the visual dictionary and he's got like a whole section, um, yeah, like, like half it. a page. And it's like about how he's like an archaeologist that, that couldn't deal with the injustice in the galaxy. And so he that decided to join the so much. Yeah. yeah. And I was but like, oh, so why he was saying that stuff just yeah. like randomly. <laughs> Yeah, like he knows this. And I was like, uh, and that was the moment where I was like, like we see him, especially at the end of the movie, we see him with Connix and Rose. And I was like, it would be so cool for like the three of them to go off on an adventure um, to, to like, let's say that there's something with the First Order that some of them are still around. And it's like, okay, well, if we really want to make sure that the Sith never come back we have to track down all of these artifacts and destroy them right and and like who's the perfect the perfect uh, uh character to to do the research is is beaumont ken right um so i i would love to see that i i think that it could be like a disney plus series but they'll never do it um because mm-hmm. it would be a, a rose would be the lead and that's never going to happen. Lucasfilm's... I don't know that Lucasfilm is ever going to touch that character ever again. I heard which... a rumor about something with Rose and Disney+, Plus, but I don't think it was a real one. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, wishful thinking on, on some people's part, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I think they're so terrified to, to do anything with that character um, because of the, the backlash. That, that they would get from that very vocal contingent of the quote unquote fandom. Um, but, but I don't know, like it could still be like a comic book series or a, or a, a series of books or something like that. But, but again, Ooh, like, that would be good as comics. Definitely. Yeah. It, it's, it, this is one of those things where it's like, uh, maybe fan fiction 
I I could actually serve us better than what than what Disney and Lucasfilm are going to give us. Because um, at the moment, other than other than the Mandalorian, um, certainly like I don't I don't think that any of the saga characters are gonna get very much play. The, the that Poe Dameron book is coming out, but I think that's only coming out because it was sort of it was all that was already in the cards right so like they weren't going to put the brakes on that but but i don't think that we're going to get much else and certainly i don't think we're going to get anything post rise of skywalker for at least the next couple of years um which which is disappointing to me because because those the 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 story of the sequel trilogy it might not be great but those characters uh, specifically as they're portrayed by their actors, I think, uh, are are so endearing and so easy to buy into um, that, that there, there are so many stories still to tell. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm selling Lucasfilm short and, and you know, we're going to find out about a comic book series about Ray or, you know, something like that uh, in the, in the near future. But it doesn't seem like it at the moment. It seems like they're kind of just doubling down on, on the Mandalorian and that that's kind of what the focus is going to be in the near future. I think that the story group is still trying to make sense of the sequel trilogy before they can move forward with their stories. Yeah. They have a lot of stuff to get straight, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I guess the one piece that we haven't talked about in, in relation to all of this is the high Republic, right? Which, that is very clearly the where where the story group is focused. Um, as far away from the sequel trilogy as possible. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Closer to the prequels than than to the sequels, uh, which is interesting. It's such an interesting choice to me of of uh, it just showing how with time the prequels have really softened in everybody's eyes, and it makes me wonder, like in. 10 15 20 years time how we're actually going to feel about about the sequels um and whether or not we'll have kind of softened on on some of this stuff because i right now six months removed it's still some of the stuff in rise of skywalker is still pretty raw (laughs) for some fans yeah Um, um i don't i don't see that happening to be honest i think that some fans will soften up on it but the reason that the prequels had this um you know kind of coming back into being popular uh is because the fans that grew up on it grew up and now they're adult fans and now they're they're in fandom talking about it and showing their love for it i've talked to a lot of people that got into got into star wars during the sequel trilogy or kids that got into star wars because of the sequel trilogy and they're the ones that aren't happy. It's some of the older fans that like it that have already been around. But that new generation is, is the ones that are upset about it, which is a big difference between this and the prequels. Yeah, that's a that's a really great point, because um, the the I think that I think that a lot of the Raylo fandom is, is uh, it skews a bit younger for sure. Um not to say that there aren't that there aren't uh, uh, older Raylo fans among them, but it's generally it's sixteen to thirty five. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, this, this, this was the, 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 the core of the topic, uh, on, on Thunderquack last night, um, that I was talking to my co-host Amanda about where I was saying that, like, I found in, in the last couple of months that I just, I'm so disinterested in what fans like me have to say about Star <laughs> Wars now, um, that, that I've, uh, uh, that I found myself like, like diving really deep into, um, into the, the, the women in the fandom that, that are out there talking. Uh, I mean, you're one of them. I, I, uh, what the force, which is a mm-hmm. great podcast. Yes. Um, and wit and folly on YouTube where it's just like, I'm, I'm learning so much about star Wars by, seeing it from a completely different perspective. Um, and, and I really wish that, that more of the people, uh, in the fandom that look and sound like me, I, I could go on that same journey. And it only happened for me because I, I stepped on a hornet's nest by, by, uh, uh, getting, uh, overly critical in the wrong way, uh, with a Raylo fan, and uh, and just getting just eviscerated on Twitter, and okay. uh, and and that put me on this path of like I I because it happened and I was like whoa whoa hold up like I wasn't I'm not one of those guys I see now where that came across I'm sorry um, I did like it was totally not how I meant it at the time but uh, i i now after talking to people i was like oh i see how what i said is very similar to what what all these jerk guys say to mm-hmm. to Raylo fans um and how that was how that was interpreted not even misinterpreted just like straight up correctly interpreted and how i was totally in the wrong and that only happened because i made the mistake but then when sorry 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 can someone please like if anybody uh, uh, has the patience to deal with me uh, can someone explain why you guys feel this way and I was lucky that three or four people did come forward like jumped in and were like yeah like this this and this like think about it like this look at it from this perspective and uh, and that and that has totally changed I mean like it's it converted me into a Raylo fan and now I am a full-on Raylo fan, and and I'm and I'm upset that Ben Solo died. And uh, walking out of Rise of Skywalker, I was like, "Yep, that's how a Star Wars story happens. the The bad guy turns into a good guy at the last three seconds of the movie, and then dies. That's that's how we do this." Um, and now I'm like, "No, wait, but that's how they did it already. Can't we get a different story this time? Mm-hmm. Like, why why would we repeat the same thing? And also, like, what an injustice to." to uh to leia and 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 han and luke's legacy that like Mm -hmm. the 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 sole living heir to that legacy dies at the end of the movie and yeah ray takes the name skywalker at the end and that counts for something i i do like that moment but it's not it's not enough (laughs) <laughs> that's not enough like it's it's 40 years of characters and they're kind of like yep and then they all died uh and and that just kind of rubs me the wrong way now which is which is so funny 
But that's yeah, only I mean, because I took that time to listen to a different point of view. Yes, it's it's really good that you actually listened and learned from that because I think that's a problem that we have in fandom where mm-hmm. we have our little subgroups and we stay in those groups and when someone disagrees, we can just go to the people that agree with us and just ignore the people that disagree with us. And so it's good to actually be able to reach over and be like, okay, I want to understand. Yeah, and and to me, like the I think the thing that that people don't think about when when they get into that kind of discourse um and it's not just star wars i think that this is just in general i think this is a lesson for life um that when we go into a to a conversation we've already decided that we know what our answer is Mm. um we close ourselves off to possibility right and that closing myself off to that possibility meant that I was missing out on a whole segment of Star Wars fans um, that that has really brought me a lot of joy over the last few months. Really, I to me, like like one of the main sources of joy in regards to Star Wars, because like I said, like I'm really tired of hearing uh, 30 to 50 year old guys, white guys usually, talk about star wars because they just keep saying the same stuff especially in relation to the sequels and about how you know like they feel slighted because luke skywalker wasn't swinging around a green lightsaber for 45 minutes in one of the movies right like Mm -hmm. they're just so stuck on that um and and not understanding that like people grow and they change (laughs) and that's how storytelling works and also that it wasn't his movie it's not supposed to be his movie now that's the failing of of the sequel trilogy i think is that they do focus way too much on the legacy characters but but that that whole conversation just goes round and round and round in circles and i'm 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 tired of hearing people talk about how um yeah, you know, like like I totally acknowledge how that that the Last Jedi is a good movie, but just like I just don't like some of the choices in it, and it's like that's not like I, I don't know it it it's it just seems like a cop out to me because it, it it feels an an awful lot of the time, not always, but an awful lot of the time, like like people are just trying to avoid conflict in that conversation, like they're just trying to keep both sides happy, um, and not really not really um you know sort of like believe in one thing or another it's just like a bit of a waffly answer and that tends to be the discourse right now for a lot of guys uh is is they love rise of skywalker because it brought back palpatine and he shot big lightning bolts into the sky um which we could get into the male psychology of that show of potency um and what that means and why and why people like that but um for me like it just just, rise just didn't do it for me like it just especially that third act the actually the first act of the movie i really like um the adventure part of it i really liked it's the second Mm -hmm. that she blows up the the transport with lightning the movie is kind of downhill from there 
Um, with I was a very, with it until they said the words to Ray Palpatine, and then I was yeah, like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. I, I mean, I audibly groaned in the theater, I think. So uh, did everyone else. Yeah. Because um, it was just such an easy out. Like, it was just, it's not, not only is it bad for the story, right? Like, it's it's awful for that character, in my opinion. Yes. Um, But it's also just lazy, like and it's and it's Chris Terrio written all over it because it's it has the same taste in my mouth as Martha in in uh, Batman v Superman, right? Like where it's like like the whole movie is just Batman v Superman is all just building to that moment. That's the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. Everything is just to set up that like both of their mother's names are Martha and the whole story revolves around <laughs> that. And then once we resolve that, we can just punch doomsday for 45 minutes. Um, and it feels like with rise, it actually, it doesn't feel like it. They say it in the documentary. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's Terry. It's either Terry or Abrams that says it, that like once they d- decided to bring back Palpatine, everything else fell in place around that. Which to me is like, then you did it wrong because it's not a, the saga has, was never about Palpatine. Like if, if that's your interpretation of the star Wars saga, then you watched it wrong. Um, and B like the sequel trilogy is certainly not supposed to be about Palpatine. Definitely not. If he only shows up in the third act of it, right? Like it's, it's such a, it's such a wrong headed place to start that story and then that is exactly what it is i mean like right from the get-go with the crawl uh it's that's what the whole movie is about is somehow it's all about the fact that palpatine is still alive yet we don't spend any time talking about the fact that palpatine is still alive how he's still alive Mm. why he's still alive like like thematically what that means um it is literally just a plot point and then, then the characters orbit around that plot point, um, and and to me, that's why the movie doesn't work. Because um, as much fun as the adventure is, then you know you find a dagger, and the dagger is a map to the Declaration of Independence. I think I don't know. Like it's, it it just becomes a a, a MacGuffin to a MacGuffin to a MacGuffin, and okay. you're like. I don't like like what's this movie about? It's just about going to a place. Um, the more you think about it, though, the the dagger it really makes no sense because either yeah. either he had someone make that he had someone hide that Sith wayfinder in the rubble after the Death Star exploded, right? Yeah. And then had someone make the dagger based on the curvature of the rubble. Or the Sith Wayfinder was there already, and then he had one of his Sith acolytes uh, go find out where in the rubble it was and just keep it there, not move it. We're just going to keep it there and then make the dagger based on the rubble and then take that. (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's like it's like he, he like Palpatine was like, hey, Ochi, can you do me a favor? Ochi of Bastoon, uh, can you go and find my Sith Wayfinder. He's like, okay, cool. I'll find your Sith Wayfinder. I'll bring it back to you. No, 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 no. Don't bring it back to me. <laughs> I just want you to find it. So, okay. And here, and okay, when you find it, 
can you please make some sort of object that that really uh, awkwardly points exactly to where it is? Uh, and and he just like looked around the room and was like, I could make that dagger look like something. I don't know. It's got a little thingy that points at a thing. <laughs> I can do that, right? Um, it yeah, it makes it makes absolutely no sense. But it is just the 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 plot of the movie is just a, like finding a MacGuffin that leads you to a MacGuffin to lead you to the bad guy, um, and I. Uh, and, and the bad guy, once again, has Death Stars. Uh, this time he's got a thousand of them. So, you know, it's really scary. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Rise of Skywalker. It's got I'm some sorry. I, I, I told you or we weren't going to talk about this this episode. And then I just no, we went can't. right it's, into it. It's so hard not to. It's so hard not to. Like I said, like those, like the wounds are still fresh, right? And mm-hmm. it doesn't help that we keep picking at them. I think that that's one of the well, issues. Well, there's so many but, things. If it was just a couple of things that were yeah. wrong, I'd be done talking about it. But there's well, so many. Like the the thing that I that I have thought about recently is like The Last Jedi, right? I love The Last Jedi. It's my favorite saga film. Um, Solo is my favorite Star Wars movie, but 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 Last Jedi is my favorite saga film, and I that doesn't mean that I think that it's a perfect movie, right? Like I do agree that some of the stuff on on Canto Bite is a little on the nose, like but but at the same time it's a movie for kids, so we're trying to explain war profiteering to children to thirteen year olds, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it it you have to be a little bit heavy-handed with that. You just have to. It's a it's a complex subject. Um, so DJ's character and what Rose says uh, in the casino and stuff like that. It's like yes, it is all very heavy-handed. At the same time, um, I do appreciate it because it is a. It's not. It seems out of place because the rest of that movie is very classic trilogy, original trilogy. And it's got a very classic Star Wars vibe to it. And then all of a sudden we go to Canto Bite and we're in the prequels again. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like it's a little bit of whiplash in the middle of the movie. Um, and and it goes on just a like just a touch too long for me. But that doesn't mean that I don't love The Last Jedi, right? Whereas Rise of Skywalker, I feel like there's like a handful of things in that movie that I really like. But then it's just kind of surrounded by all of these moments that make me cringe and uh, and are really upset. I mean, like when 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 Kylo Ren says you don't just have power, you have his power. And it's like you just tore down all of the goodwill that you built with this character in one line. It's like, yeah, Ray, uh, you're not important. Palpatine is important and only by association to him are you important in any way. Um, Uh. and, and just completely deflating their like flagship female hero. Yeah. uh, I, I really tried to give that line the benefit of the doubt, but then I think it was Terry Owen did an interview and was like, no, that's exactly what that line meant. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. it's it it's one of those things where like if you if you if you need to do some mental gymnastics to justify it to yourself, you have to consider the source, right? It's it's coming from Kylo, who uh, has a bit of a history of trying to neg Ray into going with him, which has never worked, <laughs> right? He just uh, he tries and tries and tries, and she's just always like, "Why are you doing this? I don't. I'm not listening to you." 
Um, except in Rice, she does kind of listen to him a little bit, which is one of the problems. But, I mean, but yeah, like if you just kind of frame it for, as like, well, this is it's not that's not necessarily true. It's just Kylo trying to get under her skin. Trying I know, but then to, Terry to was just her. like, oh no, it's that's exactly what he meant, and that's yeah. true, and that's what we were trying to do with it. And, um, yeah. because you know, originally I was like, oh well, you know, maybe he just meant that like. Palpatine views it as you taking his power away. Like, as you get stronger, he gets weaker, you know? Something like that. But no. No, they just meant that she had his power because of lineage. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because you could almost think of it in a very similar way. Yeah, like in the in the in the moment on on Bespin when Vader is saying to Luke like like join me and we can destroy the Emperor. He's foreseen this, right? Like the same sort of like like as everything Kylo does is is a a, a a bad imitation of Darth Vader. This is like another one of his attempts at at being Vader and trying to convince Rey to come with him. And he's like he's like no 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 like you have his power like like we could we can beat him um but but it doesn't work right but yeah and then to have terrio come out and just say like no 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 it just take it at face value it's not there's no interpretation needed here it's like okay cool (laughs) thanks i hate it (laughs) yeah we put that much thought into the movie um yeah i so all of that is to say that the mandalorian is awesome um and great for all of the reasons that it's great i'm sure i'm sure that we could have we could have probably filled half an hour 40 minutes with with conversation about what that's what's good about that but but uh uh, you know, like the thing is, is that you can just watch Disney Gallery, uh, Mandalorian, and and you'll mm. you'll see all of the reasons why. I mean, like not not just the way that the story was crafted or the 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 approach to to the way that they made it, but like right down to I think one of the, one of the key things that makes the Mandalorian special is that it pushed technology in a new direction, which is so core to Star Wars, and then. Mm-hmm rise even even i would say with with the force awakens and last jedi as well just the whole sequel trilogy um and solo and rogue one i don't know like rogue one maybe with the with the the de-aging digital characters rogue one i i think it pushed it yeah that was new yeah but like it's it with with those other movies like they kind of just they kind of just did what everybody else had done before solo has some cool um uh, animatronics in it that I think really stand out um, and help sell that movie. But um, uh, it, it, though I do like they do try and just sort of do what Star Wars did before, like like by copying it, as opposed to what Mandalorian does, which is um, in the way that they crafted the story instead of going back to Star Wars, going back to the original inspirations for star Wars going mm-hmm. back to Joseph Campbell, going back to Kurosawa, going back to, to these, these core myths and then building a star Wars story on top of that foundation rather than trying to just build another, another floor onto the star Wars house. Right. Which is what I think a lot of the expanded universe definitely did. And I think yeah. what the sequel trilogy does is just tries to sort of build extensions onto an existing house. Yeah, um, they definitely kind of stuck to the status quo with the sequel trilogy. Yeah. Um, but with The Mandalorian, you can tell that they're really 
they're doing it lovingly and they're putting all of this effort into building on it and creating something new mm-hmm. um and it really does stick with like you said the core values of star wars um and i think part of that is because they un- unlike with the sequel trilogy they worked so closely with the story group yeah. who's always been really good at keeping this kind of stuff you know um just to feel like star wars because there's there's really nothing else that is similar to star wars it's a very specific mixture of things yeah well and i I think i think that one of the most important aspects of the mandalorian is that you do have one of the key creatives on that show dave that is a star wars fan like we are star wars fans right and Mm -hmm. that that allows them to put things into the show that that resonate right so it even stupid stuff like matt lanter showing up in a scene right it's like oh i love that just just the fact that he gets a cameo is is awesome it's just awesome right like you get to that moment and you're just like oh great it's matt lanter um who is the superior anakin skywalker in my opinion so I yeah like like it's it's it was sort of the little touches like that it was the it's the little moments um that that make it feel uh honest uh, uh as opposed to um I think in in The Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker where a lot of it feels hollow like the like the references are are kind of they're references that everybody's going to get in a lot of instances. There's not as much that's that's like that are like deep cuts, right? That was mostly in in the Force Awakens and the Rise of yeah. Skywalker, yeah. Yeah, the Last Jedi has some has some has some good references. Solo There's a lot to of me, deep deep layers in the Last Jedi that yeah. most people don't scratch the surface of. Yeah, for sure. Um, Solo to me does the best job. In the of the movies of 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 bringing in references to other things and it's like uh, I always go back to uh, I, on, only a an insane Star Wars fan uh, uh, would write in uh, a reference to to Masters of the Terrasakazi uh, the PlayStation One fighting game <laughs> that no one played because it was awful um, but uh, I like that that reference is in there and it's like that that is 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 one of those signs that like oh this was this movie was written by a by a an obsessed star wars fan um personally i felt like there was too many references in solo um yeah i I, can get that too it it is very (laughs) constant (laughs) there was i know that the one episode uh the first episode that dave floney did in the mandalorian i felt like that had too many references in it too but that was my only complaint with it, really. Yeah, yeah, it can be it can it can be tough to 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 balance that, right? Because you want to it's that familiarity thing that I was talking about before. It's like you want it to feel like Star Wars, and the easy way to do that is to to grab a line from one of the movies and 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 sort of twist it a little bit and put it into yours, which is something that George used to do. Um, so mm. so like there's a there's a sort of a, 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 a oh man i can't think of the word it's probably because it's getting late i uh, 
not prerequisite precedent for it um in 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 his work of like the the calling back to other lines and that sort of thing mm-hmm. but well there's a there's a theory that he actually goes wrote that episode that dave filoni wrote yeah um it's very possible it did yeah. it did come off as his type of work it yeah absolutely yeah it, it does feel that way and 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 it it might just be a testament to how well um to how well George taught Dave <laughs> to make yeah. Star Wars over the course of Clone Wars. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the sort of thing where, where, where uh, George was definitely consulted, um, uh, which, which, you know, like it would, the, with the sequels, he wasn't, uh, he was sort of, he was sort of pushed to the side and at the time when they were making the force awakens i thought that that was probably the best thing it's like okay this is a new era we need to kind of you know like he's he's moving away from it so it kind of needs to get some distance and stand on its own but but the result uh it kind of pulls me back and goes like well maybe he should have actually been consulted maybe they should have used his treatments um i would love to see those more than anything i that's one of those things that i think in 20 years we will get um, in the same way that we got the comic book of, of the original, like the first draft screenplay of the Star Wars. Um, I think that I think that they can go back and they can do something similar to that where they can do like a comic book or a, or something animated or whatever um, and and dig into like what what that could have been. Um, and and, you know, maybe those rumors about rebooting the sequel trilogy, maybe that's what that is. Maybe it's a project where they're going like, well, we've got these story treatments. We there's clearly a desire for that story. Um, let's see what we can do with it. And that that might be what turns into a rumor that, you know, like they're going to remake these movies. It's like, well, actually they're not going to touch the movies. We're going to get something else. Right. I mean, comic book is the best format for that sort of thing. It's, it's, there's a, there's already a, a, a precedent for, for, uh, telling alternative star Wars timeline stories in the comics, going all the way back to the original Marvel comics that, make no sense uh and and don't fit into any continuity whatsoever so um yeah maybe maybe we'll see that eventually one day but uh maybe we'll get to see i mean uh, there's a uh, i wish i knew the name of the podcast off the top of my head but there's a there's a podcast that was doing like a radio drama of the uh of the trevorrow uh duel of the fates script um which uh, just takes me back to that that thing of like fan fiction, the fan community. Like sometimes when Lucasfilm lets us down, the fans are actually uh, the best place to go. Like when they did the the um, the the special edition recut. Oh man, what was it called? I I oh, I don't remember what it was called, but the, that guy he went through and like grabbed. Uh, original footage and cleaned it up and spliced it with some of the special edition footage that was good, but got rid of the job of the hut scene and kind of made a, a definitive cut of, of star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. It's like stuff like that. Like those fan endeavors uh, uh, sometimes are, sometimes they actually bear uh, sweeter fruit than the, the, cause I've never been a fan of the expanded universe really. It, it never really I really liked me. the expanded universe. I did. Yeah. It had some good I was very picky about which ones I read and I think mm. I chose well. 
um, yeah, it always it always went way too much into superhero territory for me with Luke, and and that's why I like the Last Jedi because it he's actually he remains a Jedi in that story. Um, I really didn't read grounded. much about Luke um, when I did the expanded universe. I mm-hmm. focused a lot on the stuff with Leia. Um, I did read the. Uh, I think it was the Legacy Comics with Cade Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did, you know, the Darth Bane trilogy, which was amazing. Um, stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, there are there are definitely gems in there. Um, and uh, there's a lot of stuff in the Clone Wars era, in the like the original Clone Wars era, between the release of Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. There are, like, three or four really good novels from that era, uh, I've got them up on my shelf. So like Shatterpoint, uh, Shatterpoint, I love that one. Shatterpoint, so good. Dark Rendezvous, The Cestus Deception. Those three novels are really, really good. And then uh, the Republic Commando stuff that spun out of that era was awesome, incredible, right? Um, but yeah. then Clone Wars kind of, <laughs> it kind of broke that stuff, but. We don't talk about that anymore. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a sore spot for a lot of fans. Yeah. Um, well, Shatterpoint. Oh, man. People slept on that. That was so good. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Shatterpoint. I, I don't know anyone else that actually has read it and liked it. So that's a first for me. Oh, really? Oh, I. yeah. It's. It, I mean, from that era, I think it's probably my favorite um, of those. It's, of those a, it's such a unique novels. concept. Yeah. And um, they didn't shy away from it whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it was such a such an interesting exploration of the dark side and, and, and a Jedi's connection to it and and that balance. And it it for me, it justifies Mace Windu's actions in Revenge of the Sith, unlike anything else, um, because he makes some very poor decisions <laughs> in it, just all throughout the, the prequels. Like Mace is a very uh, uh, complex character. Um, behind the scenes, <laughs> not so much in the movies, but yeah, uh, he's it's very difficult to reconcile the way that he behaves and what we know a Jedi to be. Um, and then, and then Shatterpoint to me, it really, um, it really informs that. And then his connection to Dapo Balaba, and and then I didn't know it at the time that I read Shatterpoint, but later on down the road, one of my favorite Star Wars characters in the entire series, Kanan Jarrus shares uh, uh, a connection um, mm. w- with Depo Balaba. So it's like there's there's sort of like a in the same way that there's like the the Yoda to Dooku to Qui-Gon to Obi-Wan to Luke, there's like a there's a lineage of of Depa and and uh, and Mace and and Kanan and all of that all tied into it. Um and sort of the the Padawan from before <laughs> she had her split and then the padawan from after and how they ended up being two very different jedi um so yeah like that's a it's it's actually probably one of the ones that if i ever decide to go back and reread a star wars book that's the one that i would go back and reread um that one's still canon in my book until something directly says that something in it is wrong it's canon to me (laughs) yeah and and a lot of that so those three that i mentioned shatterpoint cestus deception and dark Mm -hmm. rendezvous there's nothing specifically in them that that says that they can't be yeah during the clone wars right um especially because it's just there's so much going on in that era um but yeah 
Cool. Well, you know what? I think that that's a good place to wrap it up uh, with some nice book recommendations for people. <laughs> Go find some Legends books. Um, uh, thank you so much, uh, Celine, for for coming on the podcast. This was a it's a good conversation. I think we got to some good good places with it. We talked about some some uh, interesting points. Um, and uh, and I'll definitely definitely have you back in the future. Uh, yeah, I'd love to come back. Thank you so much. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, thank you everyone for listening. I, I, uh, Celine, where can people find you if they want to, if they want to follow you on the internet? Yeah. So, uh, you can find me at, at ocean Celine on Twitter and, um, you can find my podcast star piece on pretty much any podcatcher and you can follow the podcast page at SW star piece. Awesome. Uh, you guys know you can follow me, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at arkwolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, uh, we'll be back next week. We've got, we've got another guest coming up. Uh, we've got a couple more guests and then, uh, and then I think Matt might be available again. He's been, his, his life has been a little bit, a little bit hectic. So that's one of the reasons why we've had so many guests lately. Um, but, uh, but hopefully we'll be able to get back in and talk about some Star Wars stuff. Hopefully there'll be some, uh, some news <laughs> soon something that we can talk about uh just anything just give us just give us something other than a source book or an announcement of a novel with details to come uh, uh just just give us something juicy uh to dig into but uh i until then thank you for listening and we will catch you on the next episode You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI. If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Faster More Intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.